Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and he jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here we are, you and I on this Labor Day weekend in the midst of this pandemic. I didn't say the middle because we don't know where the middle is or where the end is. We might be able to pinpoint when the beginning was, but we don't know when this is going to end. When we're going to come out on the other side of this pandemic, who knows? Who knows? And so we, here we are in this time of wandering and wondering between the pandemic and social unrest and hurricanes and earthquakes and so on and so on. In this time, many of us have uttered the words, we just want to go back, back before the shutdown and the isolation, back to, back to normal. But was what we put on pause what we may have left behind, all really normal. What might we discern in this time of wandering and wondering? What will today hold, tomorrow hold? What will the future hold? Perhaps, just perhaps, we should turn to Scripture to shed some light on what God may have in store for us now and in the future. And perhaps scriptures can shed some light on what God's people went through that we might connect with. Today's texts for us from Exodus are about an example of God's people wanting to go back. That is in the midst of uncertainty about the day and the future. They decide they just wanted to go back or should have never left in the beginning. 
to go back to the known of eating their fill, even though what was known was not that good, thinking they would have it better off just staying in Egypt than being brought out on the way to the promised land. They didn't trust God in that moment, that God's promise for them was going to be fulfilled, but in that moment they couldn't see it. We read these stories in Exodus and Numbers and in Joshua, these complaint stories as they're called, and we scratch our head and say, why would they want to go back? Why would the Israelites want to go back to Egypt or have never left in the first place? Was it simply because it was known? The wilderness experience for the Hebrew children represents a troubling place. It's a hostile terrain and the basic necessities for survival are not present. There is a growing crisis that grows out of a fear of perishing. For Israel, the wilderness represents a place of dislocation in the unfamiliar. It represents the very real threat for their life. Uncertainty about the day, uncertainty about the future. Does it sound familiar? It may not be the same experience for us as it was for the Israelites out in the wilderness, but we too feel like we are in the wilderness now. The wilderness also becomes a place to locate the congregation's crisis of faith for the Israelites. The wilderness is the place, the crisis flashpoint between Egypt and the Promised Land. How ironic! The people who now feel threatened and abandoned have forgotten how mighty Yahweh brought them out of Egypt. And now they complain and express their rage, not at God so much, but at God's servant Moses. The Israelites here and other complaint stories wish they had just been able to stay where they were. The Israelites lost, lights lost sight of the bigger picture, that in the middle of where they were, God still provided. God has not abandoned them. God was with them in the midst and sent others like Moses and Aaron to provide leadership, leading them to the promised land that they could not yet see. But God had not left them. God has not left us. Throughout the Old Testament, into the New Testament and beyond, there are times we wonder what is next. What are we to do now as the people of God? Can't we just go back to the known even if the known that we call normal was not that good? Our New Testament text today does come from the Gospel of John, perhaps a familiar story read around the Easter season. As John writes, Christ has died and been raised from the dead. And he says to them on the first appearance, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And he appears again to Thomas and the other disciples. And after that point, they left Jerusalem. They left and went back to the sea. Were they wondering, what was this all about? What are we to do now? John writes, gathered there together were Simon Peter, called Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. And Simon Peter simply says to them, I'm going fishing. And they said, well, I guess there's nothing else for us to do. We'll go with you. What was Peter doing back in that boat? 
Why had Simon Peter gone back to his old ways of fishing? After all, Peter had left everything to follow Jesus. Was the adventure all over? Was this time of his life in following Jesus over? Would he just go back? Back to how it was before? No. In the midst of wondering about what they were to do next, what would their mission be? It would be to go fish for people, to be disciples, to make disciples, to spread the love and saving grace of Christ. Peter and the disciples would not just go back after having followed Christ. Christ dying and being raised from the dead, they would go forward with a new mission, a new way of life, a changed way of life after encountering the risen Christ, the way that God had intended. God had not abandoned the disciples. God has not abandoned us. But what are we to do in this time of wandering and wondering? The Dallas News during this time of pandemic has been um, published a series called Living Our Faith. And there was a particular article that my daughter sent me on August the 9th entitled, that The Pandemic Can Be More Than Purgatory, It Can Be a Time of Deep Spiritual Formation. We will have to learn to live beyond the waiting. And the author of this article writes these words that I want to share with you this morning. We are in the middle of ordinary times, though the times, of course, are far from ordinary. In the church calendar, the season between Pentecost and Advent is called ordinary time, roughly June through November devoid of major celebrations and observed seasons of fasting and prayer that preceded them. This stretch is the longest in the church calendar. And so on the face, the most mundane, another shorter period between Christmas and Lent. But things are not always as they appear. As is the irony with so many aspects of Christianity, the least of these turns out to be the most important. Ordinary times is not a season to simply endure or to get to the other side of with the lure of the nativity scenes and the Christmas trees on the other side. Rather, it's a season of deep spiritual formation. The banners of the church are green during these months, signifying growth. The green season is a time to delve even more into the scriptures, discipleship, and prayer. The article goes on to say, ordinary time is a season to hang the green banner instead of wave the white flag. The pandemic is all around us, but in our best moments, we can stop ourselves from thinking of it as a lost six months or a year or a sort of purgatory and waiting it out. Rather, rather we can see it as a period of time set aside for growth, although it may be painful re-anchoring to what really matters, establishing habits to persist after the trial is done. This, of course, is more easily said than done, requiring deep spiritual dependence, community, humility. There's a reason why ordinary times cycle around each year in the church calendar. It's not learned all at once. 
Oh, how we long to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And yet the discipline, the lessons of ordinary time is to learn to live with the waiting. And yet in some mysterious way beyond our own ability to restore from lost time to that of growth. I know that there are things that we cannot wait to get back to. Some of the things that we might deem as normal, things like hugging people, breaking red, not being isolated, gathering in times of grief and loss to be with one another, to be here in this sacred space, worshiping together and learning and fellowship. And I know you have your own list of things you can't wait to get back to. But I ask this of you and of me, what is it that we can leave behind? A calendar that seems so full that maybe makes us feel important that we are overscheduled. Families that are running from here to there. Priorities that are, in, that are in line with what the world says it ought to be, but not what God wants from us. Injustice, hungry children, homeless people. Those are the things of pre-pandemic and in the midst of where we are now. Do we really want to go back to that? I've taken time for myself during this season to go for long walks in Country Park and Battleground Park, and it's been so refreshing to see families just walking together, individuals walking, not seeming to be in a hurry, not running off to the next thing. This time of uncertainty, of wandering and wondering can be a time for growth for us if we just stop and know that ultimately we are not in charge, God is. God has not abandoned us in our time of great need now. He is with us in the middle of this. But can we stop and listen for his still small voice, knowing that God continues to provide for us? In this time of wandering and wandering, this ordinary time that is far from ordinary, what will you do? For I believe that ultimately we are not meant to go back now, but to go forward, to reclaim some of the things that really matter, yes, but to look ahead with great anticipation of what lies ahead. Here in this congregation, the calling of a new senior pastor, living into what God has in store for you and for me and for this church, for this community and for the world, and discerning what is our part as we move forward. We are an Easter people, and the risen Christ does not say go back or stay here, but go, go into the world and make disciples, spread love, let the light shine through each of us, let Christ's light shine through us. Being patient is not something that we are good at, is it? But I believe that God is calling us to be patient in these moments to call on him, to rely on him, to read his word, to be in prayer, to be community, even though that community is virtual, to still be community. I pray this day that you will take the time to center yourself, to listen for what God may be saying to you. For we are an Easter people, and great things lie ahead. Amen.